you are listening to the podcast from Mosaic Church. Stay tuned after it for more info about how to get and stay connected with our church family. Now, let's dive into this week's message. It's great to see you. Well, a happy new year to you. Great to see you here at Mosaic. I'm Morgan. I'm a lead pastor. If you're new, and if, especially if you're new, just to let you know, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different today. A little bit different than I normally do, but I do this kind of thing from time to time, what you're about to hear. Next week, if you heard, uh, we will be beginning our Amazing Grace series. We'll be looking at the amazing grace of Almighty God and definitely teaching through the Bible on that, along with, again, as you heard, our global, every nation, spiritual family. But today is just going to be me talking to you, sort of just sharing my heart. So again, you're just prepared. This is far less of a sermon and way more of an extended exhortation. All right, so just preparing you. And this is going to be an extended exhortation out of this one verse today. Here it is. It's going to be on the screen. One verse is 1 Corinthians, the words of the Apostle Paul, chapter 15, verse 58. I'll read it to you, and then we'll read it out loud together. He says this, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. All right, so once you read this with me, second time, here we go. You can say this, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. All right, now the reason I want to share this with you, to sort of share my heart today, uh, is because I want to show you not only that this verse is true, but that this verse is true, has been true of us. Because not only is it a new year, man, it's a new decade. Holy cow, man, 2020 just feels like more epic, feels more important because it's 2020. I don't know, maybe it's, I'm the only one. But not only is it a new year, not only is it a new decade, but today is kind of a, a significant special day for, for me, for Carrie and I, for the the Stevens family because today, today marks the 10 year anniversary uh, of our return from Nashville to be here, to be here and lead at Mosaic. So very cool. Excited to be with you. Well, thank you. Wasn't looking for that, but I'll, I'll take it. I especially want to thank three people in particular, uh, again, along with our elder team and our, all of our staff and deacons and so many of you, but I want to just name Jamie Smith, uh, Brett Milliken and Julie Oliver. They've been here on staff with me the entire time, all 10 years. They've endured me and they're somehow, they're still serving Jesus after all this time. It's amazing. So uh, 10 year anniversaries today is a big deal for our family. So it got me thinking about the last 10 years here with you and being in Austin. And that's just kind of like why I want to talk to you, how I'm talking to you today. Because over the course of 10 years, things change. And Carrie and I were talking about this this past week and thinking about how things have changed in our lives and uh, in the city. But probably what's changed most of all has just been our family. And so uh, just to give you a shot, here's what our kids looked like when we moved here. Wow, I know that's us on them down. That's our, our kids on our the front porch of our steps of our house in Nashville. You can see the lockbox in the background, selling our home, moving here. Uh, and then flash forward t- 10 years later. Wow, look at that. Yeah. Now, fortunately for me, I've just gotten better looking over the years. So you know how that goes. You just play with the hand you're dealt. Am I right? I'm all right. So 
Anyway, stuff changes, and I'll never forget my first few weeks here at the, again, the age of 34 when I started, and our church members would introduce me to their parents when their parents would come to visit, and so many times their, their parents would, uh, you know, they would look at me like, man, who's this guy? They'd say, they'd say are you the youth pastor? Like, which was actually, yeah, but that was a compliment for me because I love teens and I love college students, and for many years worked with those age groups, so it was actually a compliment for me, but I kept hearing it so much and so much that finally one Sunday... I decided something's got to be said. So I got up and I said, listen, for most of you, you know, you're accustomed to your pastor being older than you. But unless you live to be like 98 and you're in a church where the pastor's like 99, change was inevitable. It was going to happen to you sooner or later. So I said, congratulations. Today is that day. It's happened for you. And so that helped them. Then I'll say it to you now. Your pastor for some of you is younger than you are. Congratulations. It's that day. So yeah, stuff changes. Stuff's changed here in Austin too, hasn't it? If you've been here, started thinking about it. Uh, there's a lot more food trucks in Austin than there used to be. And for this, we give thanks, right? For our daily tacos, right? But there are a lot more toll roads here too. Now, boo, right? You win some, you lose some. Uh, a lot more great places to eat, but there's a lot more traffic and uh, more taxes. And, but there's a lot more people here too, like most of you who are here from California. We just want to welcome you all to Texas officially. You're here now, yeah. So stuff changes, things change, and one thing has definitely changed over the last 10 years, of course, has been this church, Mosaic Church, even our name has changed. And so I want to talk about today, I want to talk to you about what we have become, about the opportunity that lies before us right now, this year in 2020, and then before we're done, I'm going to ask you to do one thing, super simple, just for me. If this is your first time or you're back, back in the new year, going back to church, or you haven't been in a while, this is a great Sunday for you to be here. You couldn't have picked a better day because you're going to hear a whole, whole lot of my heartbeat, our heartbeat, and how we here at Mosaic just kind of roll. Over the last 10 years, I was thinking about it, we've grown by almost tenfold, 10 times over that time, and we've gone from one service, two services, to three services, now we're at four, and over that time, not only have we grown, not only have you come, not only have so many more people, as you can see in the video, have given their lives to Jesus, entered into a relationship with him, but as we have grown, more and more people and churches have come to us, have come to you for help and for leadership. People come and they ask, how do you do this? Why? How does Mosaic look like how it looks like? How can this be? On Christmas Eve, I think it was a couple of years ago, there was a gentleman who came in and he came in on Christmas Eve and he said, you know what, after being here, after experiencing us and seeing you, he said, you know, I'm not a Christian, I'm an atheist, I don't believe what you believe, but he said, when I see this place and this church, it gives me hope for our nation. It gives me hope for the world. And this is just Morgan. This is just me. But I, mean, I meet with pastors, not only in our every nation world, but all over the city of Austin who look to us for help. But just again, this past Christmas Eve, a well-known pastor in this area. He's been here for years. I called him a legend when I saw him. I couldn't believe he was here. He said, my wife and I have heard about what you're doing at Mosaic and we want you to help us so so humbling and this has happened in large part because of you because you have come and you have served and you have given and you have believed and prayed and because of you we have multiplied we've multiplied for example uh, our community groups I remember when we started I think there was like 
two and a half groups uh, alone. And Brett, Pastor Brett led like 1.75 of those. I mean, they're all his. And now thanks to you and Brett, so many of you have stepped out and you've been courageous and led a group or tried to lead a group. And now we've got nearly 50 community groups across our city. And they meet all over Austin, Cedar Park, Leander, Round Rock, Georgetown, East Austin, South Austin, Southwest Parkway, all over the city. So no matter where you live, <laughs> no matter where you work, my point is, We've got you surrounded. We've got you surrounded. And, and what, we've, what we do in family ministry, we've grown there, multiplied there. There are roughly twice as many children now as there were even just bodies here 10 years ago. That's amazing. We develop a lot of our own content, our own vacation Bible schools, because most, not all, but most of what's developed as content out there doesn't reflect what's in here. And so we develop content to try to create that, to give our children a picture of the real world, the whole world. And you have helped do that. And because of you to this year, today, we have more opportunity than ever before with children and families. And we've grown with what we do with teens. If your teen isn't signed up for what's going to happen with 40-hour Elevate coming, I think, in a couple of weeks, you should sign them up. Because what I love, love about what we do with teens is that it's not just the cool crowd trying to be the cool crowd with the cool crowd, cool kids, cool crowd. They're real kids, real students with real relationships who are learning that they can have a positive influence on the world. They get positive influences in their life that Jesus loves them. He's for them, for them. And you have helped do that. And uh, we, not only that, we, we're, we've multiplied in what we're doing here in the city, city of Austin, because of you, because of the leadership of the people here in Mosaic Street Ministry. Now we are beginning to have a seat at the table with our city leaders and civic leaders that goes all the way to the very top of the city uh, to, to, to determine how the city interacts with the homeless community. This is unprecedented for us. This is a tremendous opportunity that is happening right now. We've multiplied what we do in local schools. And we've gone from just having this small little mentor program over at Live Oak to now being the Round Rock partner, district partner of the year, year after year. And we, we do mentoring uh, over at Deer Park Middle School. You can get involved with that too. We've multiplied also what we've done on the college campus. You saw that the, the baptism deal. It just had a whole bunch of baptisms <laughs> for college students because we have ENC chapters. Every Nation Campus is where not only Carrie became a Christian, where I became a Christian. Many of you have met Jesus, not only at UT Austin, but now at St. Edwards, now at Houston Tillotson. And those two new chapters you heard about, they're going to be going with the new church planters we just sent out last summer pastor shad and caress bell and they came here yeah almost three years ago because they saw what god was doing here and wanted to learn how to do something like it and through all of your generosity in the city over the last few years with what we do with live big sunday every year in november we have given away almost right at a quarter of a million dollars into local nonprofits here in the city places organizations like starry they work with foster care the Settlement Home, Refugee Services of Texas, Breath of Life. They work with at-risk pregnancies and mothers. For Jail to Jobs, Casa Marianella. These are places that aren't uh, connected to us. They exist outside the scope of our church, but they know about us now. And most importantly, they know about the church of Jesus that's in this city, that the church of Jesus cares about them. And they have come to experience what we say here all the time, what I deeply believe, which is that, this, that is that the city is better when the church of Jesus is there. And this past year in 2019, you should know this, we gave away right at 20% of our income. 
20% of our income. This is especially incredible. Yeah, you can clap for that. Especially incredible because, because the average church in the U.S. gives away roughly 4% of their income. But we don't want to be average. We want to go way beyond that. And what we're doing now with singles is growing. What we're doing with our counseling ministry and addressing mental health issues, that's growing. Helping people with addictions through Celebrate Recovery, that's growing. We're impacting the globe in increasing ways, not only through our short-term mission trips we do with every nation, but also through our own short-term ministry trips here. Some of you have led those trips. Many of you have gone on those trips. And all this is what we have become. And I think that's amazing. I think it's tremendous. I want to say thank you. So thank you for that one clap. Thank you, Lita Fana. I appreciate you. Yes. And all this has happened because of you, you've been here and you've served and you've given and you believed and you prayed. And because of all that right now at the beginning of 2020, because we have become that, we come to a moment where we have more opportunity than ever before to really impact our city. And so uh, to, to sort of go in line with that, I just want you to dream with me a little bit. I want to take a few moments here to dream uh, uh, about what we could become, what we see us becoming. And then before we're done, I'm going to ask you to do one thing for me, actually not for me, but for someone else that just might change their life. But I dream of a world where the church of Jesus matters in the conversation that the city has when it thinks about solutions to problems, where churches aren't relegated to the sidelines or on the periphery alone, but that they are asked to help serve, to help contribute. And here's why, here's the key, because those churches have already served and they have already given and they have proven that they aren't in the city for themselves, but the church of Jesus has proven that it is in the city for the city. And so I I dream of a world where people, when they hear that a church is coming near them, they actually get excited. They're thrilled because they know that means that the city is going to get better. Their neighborhoods are going to get better. And a little more light comes in. And a little more darkness goes out. And I dream of a world where the people who, who come here, when they come, they're blown away. Not at how much we just critique each other or somehow pick each other apart. But they're amazed. They're blown away by how much we love and we care for one another. In a culture where you know this, where people are increasingly polarized. And they pick apart everything that you say and everything that you don't say. Everything that you post, everything that you don't post. I hope we can become a place increasingly where we just drop all that, we forget all that, and we do the one thing. We plant our flag in the one place where Jesus said it would show the world that we really are his people. It's when we love one another. And I dream of a world, yeah, where every person who comes in, they're going to know even if they don't really care about God, they would know that God cares about them. They don't have to have it all together. God, their heavenly father is for them and loves them. And let me tell you, that truth is what captured the imagination of the first century. That thought is what turned the Roman empire upside down. When the Roman citizens saw Christians loving non-Christians, when they saw Christians loving the sick, caring for the dying, even to their own detriment and loss, when they saw Christians Christians caring for unwanted babies, when they saw Christians loving those who even executed them because they weren't hungry for power. Oh, but they just wanted the opportunity to influence the world, their city, their nation for their savior. They died for others because one had died for them. And I dream of a church where leaders are developed both internally for church leadership and in the marketplace 
marketplace leadership in a church where the gospel is so loved and so revered and so transcendent that it does transcend all our differences and it not only pulls us together oh but it keeps us together and this year is why i say this because in this year 2020 there is going to be and perhaps you've heard about this there's going to be a little election coming this year. Yeah, we're all thrilled about that. And there are going to be, there are going to be things that happen during that. I'm just telling you now that are going to make you want to be with people who look exactly like you, who think exactly like you, who perhaps vote exactly like you. And those things are important, but listen, other churches are, they're just not going to experience I say this with a smile on my face. The tensions we're going to experience here. There are going to be things that you read on social media, perhaps written by someone in this church. And by the way, you should know this since we're talking about this. I can't control what other people write online. I can't do that. Matter of fact, you don't want me to do that because that would mean I would control what you write online and you don't want me controlling what you write. So please don't expect me to control what somebody else writes. But there are going to be news reports. There's going to be things said in debates, things said to you by your friends or perhaps your family. They're going to make you want to be with people just like you. But I dream of a better world, a world where that doesn't happen. Not because, hear me, your friends don't have a point or your family doesn't have a point, or that podcast or that news story doesn't have a point. But listen, anyone with a microphone or a camera or a computer story or whatever can be a critic or a cynic because it takes little to nothing to critique. It takes far more effort, faith, prayer to create and construct, and not just to make a point, but to make a difference. And so I dream of a world where not only are we kept together, but we grow through it together. And the reason I can dream about it is because it has happened before. In 2016, yeah, there were people in that last election who didn't necessarily share that dream, and they like the character, the person of Orpah in the story in the book of Ruth, Orpah turned back when the road ahead of her into that multi-ethnic, multi-generational future was too much for her to take, too hard for her to imagine. She looked at that road in front of her and she turned back. Oh, but Ruth, if you know the story, Ruth didn't do that. She embraced the pain. She embraced the future, embraced Naomi, didn't look at what she was losing, but at what she could gain, which was most of all an experience of and a relationship with the one true God. And Ruth, because she did that, she made that powerful choice. And through that choice, she found her voice and her voice and her choice still echo in our ears today. But even though some walked away during that last election, many, many, many more joined and they came. And do you know why? It's because church mosaic, they saw you stand. They saw you believe in something that was even thicker than family blood. And that was the blood of Jesus. And because you came and because you've served and you've gave more and more people have come and they have found an experience that Jesus really is the hope for all the world. They saw something with their eyes. They could not be told or they could not hear with their ears alone and that changed them see before they ever saw jesus they saw and met you and in short because of that i think i can dream we can dream of being what the apostle paul calls a new testament church he says we are one new humanity and friend i think if we could do that in increasing ways we could make not only the church a better place but the world a better place. And I want you to know that I'm, I am excited more than ever to live this out, more energized this year ever to do this with you. But here's the thing. I know when you hear all this, 
you hear all this, you think, good luck with that. <laughs> you think, why? Because you're busy. You're a busy person, man. You've got stuff going on. Man, that's a lot of stuff. Holy cow, all those things are going on. There's a lot of stuff you just talked about. You think, good luck with that because you're busy. You're, you're busy at work, which is good, trying to make money. Or you're busy raising kids. Or you're busy dating someone. Or you're busy trying to find someone to date. Which, by the way, I read this today. Today is actually, uh, it's like dating Sunday. Today is the single greatest day of online dating activity the whole year. Valentine's coming up, post-Christmas breakups, getting asked questions at, at family dinners. That single Caesar moment today. So anyway, that, this is why you're here, by the way, at Mosaic. I know, I've seen, I haven't seen some of you singles in a while. Welcome back. We're, this, this is your day. So great, we're glad you're here. Yeah, yeah, you're looking for people to date. Maybe one day you can raise kids with them. Or you're busy with your grandkids. You're busy, you know, flying all over the country to see your grandkids, to convince them to move here. Probably from California, right? <laughs> So because I know you're busy, listen, uh, our, our staff, our, our people, we're going to keep all the organizational stuff going. But in, in light of all this, I just want to give you one simple thing to do today. One thing I want to inspire you to do that I think that not only that you must do, but that you actually get to do as a follower of Jesus, if they're a Jesus follower. And this one thing is something that actually many of you, so many of you have done for many years, but I like to remind us of this one thing every once in a while. And this isn't just a thing, but it's actually a habit that many of you have embraced. And if you haven't embraced it, I want to ask you to consider embracing it today. Because this one habit is the kind of habit, it's actually called a keystone habit, a keystone habit. Maybe some of you know what this is. I've just been learning about this recently. Uh, A keystone habit is a small habit that produces large-scale, widespread changes if you just do one small thing. For example, a keystone habit, maybe some of you know this, maybe some of you have started it this year, is just writing down what you eat. Because if you write down what you eat, you journal what you eat, you take more notice of what you put in your mouth. It's a good thing. You take more notice of what goes in, then you're going to likely eat better, which means you're going to feel better, which means you're going to have more energy to exercise, which means you're going to sleep better, which means you're going to do better at work and in your relationships, and it goes on and on and on. The point is just doing one simple thing, it's a keystone habit, affects everything else. And just like people, individuals, families, churches have keystone habits. And so many of you have done this one I'm about to talk about over the years that we've gone from one to four services without ever putting a flyer in the mail. Not that we couldn't do that, shouldn't do that, might do that, I don't know. We never had to do a radio ad, a TV ad, nothing like that. But this habit, this keystone habit is just this. Here it is. We call it invest and invite. Invest and invite. You just invest and invite. You invest in people because you love them and you invite people to church maybe your community group because you love them you invest in your friends you love you connect you talk to your neighbors you invite them over for dinner or a co-worker if that's appropriate environment for that you invite them to church not because they're projects but because they're people and if people matter to God they ought to matter to us and so you invite him here for, for the same reason, among others, that you might invite him to like go to a movie that you like or the restaurant that you like. You invite them because you don't want them to miss out, right? I mean, when you come here and you see all these people and you experience week in and week out what you experience, why would you not invite them to something that really could change their lives? Aren't you glad someone invited you 
Don't answer that. <laughs> oh, of course you are. And I'm glad they invited you too. I'm so glad you're here. So I'm going to ask you to do just that, to invest and to invite. And to help you do that, I'm going to give you a couple keys here. I'm going to ask you to listen for something, and then I'm going to ask you to say something. Listen for something and then say something. Here's what you're going to listen for. And I share these things from time to time. But these three things are called the three little knots. Three little knots. Let me set this up. A few years ago, Carrie and I found that when we met someone new, we would always go through like this mental gymnastics, all these hurdles of whether or not this was the perfect Sunday to invite him. Like what was the message on? Who was preaching? Were the songs right? Was the environment right? Time of year and all of that. And besides, let me tell you, it's just weird when you're the pastor and you invite someone to church because it's like, hey, Come, come listen to me talk and then let me know afterward if you liked it or not. You know, it's always weird. So we would always just talk ourselves out of inviting anyone, which is not good. And we would miss so many opportunities. So we just said, who cares? Who cares? We're just going to invite people because here is what I have come to know is that God touches people's lives every single week, no matter who was preaching, no matter what I said, because this is a true story. Uh, it's a true thing. I have lost count of the times people have come come up to me right after the service and they've said, Morgan, I really loved that thing you said. And they'll quote me what I said, except I never said that. And I think I've done this four times today. I know exactly what I said and I never said that. They'll say, yes, you did. I said, no, I didn't. And here's why, because it's somehow God speaking to them despite me despite me and he does that every week no matter who is speaking so half the time when I meet someone afterwards anyway all they want to talk about is something else that someone else said on the stage and this happens all the time like I shared before this happens all the time especially when my wife who occasionally she likes to talk and speak and she's great and she'll preach or speak and come up sometimes at the end and they'll say Morgan I really loved yes tell me What's your wife had to say today? And I think, really? Not the thing I worked like on weeks for you, labored over, slaved over a hot Bible for you for hours and spent 30 minutes. You want to talk about the two minutes? My wife said something at the end. That's great. And I'll never tell you that I felt that way. I'll just look at you and I'll nod and I'll say, yes, she is amazing. Praise the Lord. So you get the point. So just to help us get past all of that, all the analysis, like calculus level analytic stuff, if it's the perfect Sunday to invite someone, we'll just look at these three little knots, and then I'm going to give you one line to help you with it. Here they are. Here they are. It's not in church, not doing well, not prepared for. Not in church, not doing well, not prepared for. When... Not if, but when you meet someone in your jazzercise class, your spin class, your whatever, your kids' sports teams at work, if that's a good environment for you, your neighbors, certainly. And they say, I'm new to the area. I'm not in church. That's your first clue. That's your first not. Or if they say, you know, I'm not doing well. My kids are struggling. My family is struggling. My life at work is struggling. Uh, my job's hard. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not doing well. That's your second clue, second knot. Or if you hear the third, they say, I'm not prepared for marriage, for work, for this move, for this transition. If you hear any of those things, you don't have to do any checklist just right away. You just invite them right there. And I did this recently with, again, I do this all the time with one of the uh, parents on one of my kids' sports teams. He was a dad. Uh, he was divorced, going through a tough time. I found out he wasn't a part of any church. He found out what I do that triggers a conversation. And so I invited him. And do you know what he said right back to me? He said, 
I can't believe you would invite me, you heartless Christian. No, he didn't say that. No, I'm kidding. He didn't say that. No one ever says that. No one's going to say that to you. They're going to say what he said. Thank you very much. It's very kind of you. I think I just might do that. So once you invite them and they say thank you, let me just give you this one line, simple line that you can use. You can say this, say this. Yeah, you should come to my church and you can just sit with me. Yeah, you can just sit. Well, let's try it. Let's say it together. It's, it's super easy. It's ready? Here we go. And you can just sit with me. Yeah. yeah. Or if you're, like, if you're from Southern California, you can say it like you're from Southern California. You can say, you can like totally sit with me. Yeah, there you go. My wife's from Southern California. So anyway. And if they say, well, why should I come? Why should I go to your church? You can say, well, listen. What you, actually, what you're not going to say is, well, I heard you say one of the three little knots Pastor Morgan talked about. No, you don't do that, even if you did hear it, right? No, you just say this. You say, man, life is complicated, isn't it? Life's complicated, yeah. We just want to help you get it right. We just want to help you get it right. Here's the line. Life is complicated. We just want to help you get it right. Because life is complicated, isn't it? Yeah, want to help you get it right. You remember that old saying, there's an app for that? Well, there's a church for that. And you think I'm kidding, but I'm not. Because if you're single, right? I mean, if you're single, it's complicated. We want to help you get it right. If you're married, it's complicated. We want to help you get it right. You're married with kids. Man, it's like so complicated, you can't even get the kids in the car seat to come to church complicated on Sunday. We want to help you get it right. You know, download the PDF for the car seat online. All right. But no, work is complicated. We want to help you get work right. You've got questions about faith. Empty nester, we want to help you get it right. So you say, come on. You can just sit with me. And here's why this habit is so, so, so important. It's my final thought. I want to drill down on this. This habit, this habit, if you'll do this, hear me, this will help us keep the church from becoming the one thing that can really kill it. The one thing that can really uh, it, it prohibit us from moving forward. Because it, it, from the moment I got here I, and I was warned this would happen, and you know this can happen because you know yourself, the church of Jesus, if we don't guard against it, becomes all about you. It becomes all about what you like and your family. And if I learned something, did I learn enough? What am I getting out of it? What am I not getting out of it? And listen, all that stuff is important. It's really important. And we care about that and try to get that stuff right. But if, if you will invite someone to just come and sit with you, and if you do that, some of you may think, man, I need to go to that fourth service. That would be a good step, right? It's all right. But come sit, ask them to come sit here in the service. We got overflow seating. And if they do, if they come with you, hear me. You will look at everything we do differently. You will actually, if you haven't prayed for me in months as your pastor, you will pray for me that service. Jesus, please have spoken. It's like a past tense prayer, like remedial prayer. Please have spoken to Morgan this past week about what he's going to say. Please don't let it be weird today, right? Please let the song be great and all that stuff, right? It helps you see everything differently, the parking different, the communication, what we do with kids. But the moment this ever becomes about me, about the pastor, about you or us or what you want, the church has begun to die. But if you will invest and invite, you will keep this church to be the kind of church we all want it to be, which is a church that's welcoming to new people and outsiders. And part of it is because we talk sometimes about stuff like this. So invest and invite because life gets complicated. Life gets tricky. We want to help you get it right. And I want everyone who comes to meet you. 
Because I think you're pretty great. But most of all, when people come, I want them to meet Jesus. I want them to meet Jesus because he is the light of the world. He is the savior of the world. He is the uh, the God come in flesh for us. He is the prince of peace and coming out of your kingdom and coming into his kingdom. It changes everything. It makes everything better. Not that you want to have troubles or problems or challenges, but he makes those things better too and gives you people to help move through those things with too. So, So Mosaic, just want to say in closing, thank you for the last 10 years. It's been an honor and a privilege and an amazing ride, and I'm excited for what's ahead in 2020. And this week, let me encourage you, let's fast, let's pray to whatever degree you can. Let's dig in, invest, and invite, and see what God might do this year. And I'll close like I began with one verse. I'll say this to you. Therefore, my beloved brothers, beloved sisters, beloved people of Mosaic Church, be steadfast this year. Be immovable this year. Always abound in the work of the Lord because you know that in the Lord, as you've seen today, I trust your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Thanks for listening. For more info about how to get and stay connected to Mosaic Church, please visit us online at www.mosaicchurchaustin.com or download our app from your app store.